Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Peace. Peace, 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 everyone. Welcome to Artistry, where art meets industry. We are Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Happy Wednesday, folks. Thank you for joining us. If you are joining us for the very first time, welcome uh, to Artistry Podcast, where we interview visual and performing artists and arts administrators to discuss their creative journey. If you like what you hear, we highly recommend that you like and subscribe because we can give you more and more goodness. If you are returning, Welcome back. Today's guest is Opie Snow. She is a visual artist from Ashland, Oregon, excuse me, who has studied fine arts at Lois and Clark College in Portland, Oregon, and the University of Oregon in Eugene. After receiving her Bachelor's of Fine Arts with tech, um, with painting, with emphasis in painting, uh, techniques. Uh, she traveled to Europe to research master painter techniques. In 2000, she co-founded Nuandart Gallery in Ashland, Oregon. Opie has created costume designs. She's done illustration, installation work and performance art dance with El Circo. You see how I just keep stumbling over my words. Um, <laughs> an arts performance collective based in San Francisco from 2001 to 2007. In 2007, um, Opie Opie joined forces with uh, artist Micah Blacklight uh, and moved to Brooklyn, New York to further her art career. In 2009, the two created the collaboration called Black Snow, a fine art, couture, fashion, and multimedia company. Black Snow had had their debut um, exhibit at the Icosahedron Gallery in New York City in 2010. Her work has involved mythical figures. She has explored the experience of the feminine through the evolution of sexuality, power, demonization, oppression, liberation, and redefinition. Currently, Opie Snow lives between New York and Oregon with her family. Uh, she has immersed herself in two very different series, Steadfast, which is a figurative work which explores the complexities of being a woman in today's time, and Black Osher, which is a new and passionate realm of expression for her where she is experimenting with emotive and design-oriented abstracts. Please welcome to, t- to the show... Opie Snow. Please welcome to the show, Opie Snow. Yes. <laughs> hello, hello. Yes. Hello. How, goes? How are you? I'm good. How are you two? We good, are fantastic. Good. Thank you so much for being on the show. We are so excited and very much looking forward to speaking with you about your creative journey. Mm-hmm. We have been fans of your work for quite some time since we first met you yeah. uh, many, many moons ago. Um, and so, yes, we're, we're definitely looking forward to knowing more about you. As we have said, mentioned before in the show, um, this was birthed during the pandemic in 2020. Um, we have being creatives ourselves. We love of uh, learning more about our friends. Like even though when you break bread with folks, you hang out, you may travel together, but you may not really know their story, mm-hmm. know their truth. And so this is why we do what we do. And so we are so happy to sit with you and learn more about your artistry. So thank you for being on the well, show. Thank you for having me. And I've been uh, huge fans of your two as well. All the thank all the you. good you guys put in the world, all the art and music and parenting and all the good work you do. 
Awesome. Thank you. Well, as we mentioned, you know, with the pandemic and although um, we are not in the droves of it, you know, the pandemic, you know, COVID is still very much alive and well. But Mm -hmm. in those early days of 2020 and to now, how has that been for you? What was the what was life like for you? How did you have to pivot? uh, pivot? Yeah. 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 You know, it was it was definitely a mixed bag. I I would say. Overall, we were pretty blessed in the transition and and how we were already set up with our lives. You know, we both, uh, Micah, my partner and I, both work for ourselves. um, So we didn't have to, you know, figure out new jobs or we weren't dependent on, um, you know, theaters or being in front of audiences. So we were really able to continue our creative and work life. So that wasn't a huge, a huge deal for us, which was, I think, um, just easier for that transition. Um, We did have our daughter who was just going into elementary school. So that was, that was a little bit of a rough uh, transition. But you know, we did, we pivoted, we found a little pod and we made it work with a few other families where we helped caretake each other's kids. And, and then we all got a little more work time in. So, so it ended up being a sweet little moment in time for them, um, even though it wasn't easy. Um, yeah. And then honestly, in some ways it was, uh, it was almost good for my art because we have been living back and forth between Oregon and New York, uh, which is incredible, um, but also just busy and lots going on. And so sort of just like really slowing down and just being in my studio and having time to just focus was mm. was actually really good for me creatively. Um, so, you know, it was rough in a lot of ways, but also we were just really blessed that we were able yeah. to um, to move on and, and move through it. And we were in Oregon, which was, we were there <laughs> when it hit, yeah. which was just another blessing just because we have a bigger house there and a yard and, we can go out and hike and do things that are outside of our house that, you know, but not in our mixing with people. So that was another blessing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it would have been very different mm-hmm. being, cause you know, uh, New York was crazy uh, when a lot of that began. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was on tour uh, right around the time the lockdowns uh, first started happening um and so yeah i can only imagine like you you all being stuck there you know for that period of time yeah yeah especially with kids too you know like yeah exactly and some of the playgrounds here were even closed off so it just it just Mm -hmm. seems like it must have been really hard apartment life with kids in the city but you know people people did it and survived Uh, but and it's you know it's we want to make that and this is why we always ask that question because the thing is you know, for a lot of folks, obviously, it was very challenging and there's been a lot of loss, but there have been some significant gains for others as well. Mm-hmm. And I think g- giving the balance of, of the two and being able to share that, that, you know, share those stories that for some people, they thrived during this, this time period while yeah. others faltered, you know? So I think definitely showing all sides of it is mm-hmm. one, one of the things we, we want to do and yeah. share with folks. So, um, born and raised in Oregon, as you mentioned, um, you obtained your BFA in fine arts, you're a full-time artist. Um, what was your first introduction to the arts? Was it performing arts or was it visual arts? 
Um, it was visual arts. Um, although music was a big part of growing up for me. Um, so I guess I would say first introduction was my parents and my family life. They were both um, musicians, educators, just creative people in general. Um, not that they were doing the fine art, but they were just living creatively um, and sort of differently than a lot of people were, a lot of families were at that time. So I was really encouraged to be creative and to follow all those pursuits. And, and they were just very resourceful. You know, we'd figure out any sort of problem, figure out a, a way to creatively fix it, you know, and growing up, my mom would always have, we always just had projects growing, going on. Like I, I didn't really watch a lot of TV. It was just a lot of creative based play and projects. And so I feel like that creative nurturing really just set the stage for me to, to just follow my creativity throughout my life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> you know, with um, your abstract painting, which is what you're currently doing, um, when do you know, right? Like when you're starting the process with abstract, because it's, it's pretty much, it's free, it's very freeing. Mm -hmm. But for you, when do you know when to start and when to stop? When do you, are you able to walk away and be like, all right, it's done? Yes, yes. Um, well, the, my abstract work is actually really new for me. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm very much just in the play stage. And I guess it could be that way all the way through with, with abstract. But um, so right now, I just, it's really sort of, I, I put a mark down, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and, and then I, I step back and I, I, I just sort of see what's the next calling. It's almost like a, like a conversation. So one mark goes down and then I look, look at it and it's sort of what's the answer to that mark? Like what, uh, what mark needs to be made or, uh, you know, so, and I go back and forth, making a mark, stepping back, looking at it, seeing what it's calling for. Um, and that just continues on until I feel like sort of like the conversation's complete. Um, sometimes, you know, it gets overworked. Sometimes it, it ends up just perfectly the right timing. But I feel like it's this this dance of, of mark making. Um, and so right now that's really, that's really the flow for that style of work for me. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, I'm, I'm just really allowing myself the time to, to just flow with it and feel and, and not be cerebral about it. Um, so that's been really fun. That's been a really great part of it is just um, following the sort of like the emotion and or almost like a meditation. Yeah. I love what you said when you say conversation, because, you know, it is, it's, it's the art speaking to you. you. It's like, do I want to continue this? Maybe I'll play with this. Maybe we'll drop a dot right here or mm -hmm. a splash here. So I think that's great. Cause I think, um, you know, you know, folks, some folks who do not understand the technique or what it is that you're doing and and why you're doing and the purpose and the intention behind it and so that it is it's the it's the art working through you but it's also speaking to you and you yes. speaking to it so i love that i love yeah that. Right. you know i, I spent a lot of time in the graphic design world and web design yeah. world too so i i think there's probably lots of that experience informing those decisions mm -hmm. those beginning middle ends of the conversation is is having that experience just in graphic design and design in general. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that's I'm sure that's all in there too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> no, I was um, you know, whenever we talk about like knowing when a piece is finished, I always think of that quote, uh great uh great art is never finished, it's only abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, whenever that conversation goes on, I immediately um think about that and and especially when you're talking about like the conversation of it all like like you know uh in the real world like knowing when a general conversation is over right like yeah. outside of saying well all right then you know it's like that awkward that awkward yeah. little moment Pause. and it's like yeah well, okay well it was good seeing you yeah <laughs> you know? totally well yeah. and you have to play with that to learn you know sometimes you're yeah. gonna mess up and say too much or not enough or whatever sure. but it's it's yeah. about like the practice of it and and mm-hmm. just doing it <laughs> right. absolutely absolutely no for sure so you've traveled to europe uh south america um and you um you all live bicoastally um what country and or uh city provides like the most inspiration uh for your work and why mm. well New York is obviously very up there, if not first. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking other countries, I would uh, I would say Mexico. I've mm-hmm. lived in Mexico a couple times and traveled there a lot. So the the culture is just it's so rich. The food is amazing. The mm-hmm. art is incredible. It's just I feel like it's just seeped with uh, um, just like depth and color and uh like family is so important there just there's just so much about that culture that i love um and and then being in mexico city was we went there for a couple weeks and just absolutely loved it because it really mixed that that rich cultural and the traditional aspects of mexico but then it was really modern at the same time so it was this really cool fusion of um of both worlds and so the art and design of the mu- the museums there the furniture the decor everything to me there is so inspiring um so yeah say mexico yeah. mexico city absolutely nice. i have to add that to my list yes, still have still yeah. have yet to go there but <laughs> yes, um, definitely definitely on the list you mm-hmm. know now um in 2009, you and your partner, Micah Blacklight, who's also a, a, a guest of the show, who has been on the show long-time as well. A friend of ours. Yeah. A longtime friend of ours. You both collaborated on a project called Black Snow. <laughs> Tell us about that experience and what lessons did you learn about yourself during that process? Oh, that was such a cool project. Um, you know, we got to come together as partners, but also as co-creators. Um, and... Um, I feel like what was really special about that show in particular was um, we were both pulling from our 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 separate um, sort of artistic realms, but also lives. I was bringing a lot of what I had been experiencing for the last 15 or 16 years um, from Burning Man and Burning Man culture and creating art and installations and music and events through that realm. And then he was bringing this whole um, New York art, music, hip hop, poetry. So we really had like a mashup of all of that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and what one of the really cool parts and one that uh, 
that I feel like I learned a lot from was just how much we community just like really stepped in. I, all these different artists were a part of that show. And so it, you know, it was our show, but it, it really was, it came together because of all these amazing, mm -hmm. amazing artists and performers. Mm -hmm. So, um, so just working in community like that to create something huge and impactful was, um, was really incredible. And it, especially as a painter, because so much of my work is very insular, you know, it's me and my studio um, a lot of the time. And, you know, a lot of my Burning Man time, that was another realm where I was really um, collabing and working with the community. So that's how this felt too. Is like you just learn and grow so much when you're creating with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. It was a great show. I mean, we we unfortunately didn't be wasn't able to attend, yeah, we but we had already left. yeah I yeah. think we had already left mm -hmm. um, the city. But we for the pictures, the video, like it just yeah, looks like a amazing. great time and the the perfect blending of the two mm -hmm. um yeah you no, know yeah knowing you both for sure yeah absolutely like micah <laughs> was a standout at our wedding um where he <laughs> yeah, created pictures. <laughs> he created his own you know his, his own outfit, outfit the night before mm -hmm. right? the night literally the, the, night, before. Yeah, the night before and it was the birth it was like, like literally him. the stepping yeah. stone right <laughs> so this was in 2004 you guys have your show in 2009 so it's really yeah. like you know, he was playing around. He was mm -hmm. like you were saying before, like playing. This was the, and just um, you know, and and just experimenting, mm -hmm. and to see how that from that moment to what you guys were able to Translated. create together. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, was beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, so like we talk about like the impact of that particular moment and and what that did for both of you. Um, and of course, what it did for people like us who were watching from afar, and then obviously the people who were there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, like what, so let's, let's talk, talk about impact for a second. Like how has art in general just impacted your life? Um, wow. It's just, I feel like it's hard. It's, it's hard to separate it from my life. It's, it's, yeah. it's really we move, it's like at the core of, of how we move through life. So it really informs everything we do, every decision we make. Us becoming bi-coastal was, you know, it's like everything, all the travel we do, um, all the ways we've chosen to, even when it's been hard at different points to maintain just being full-time artists and not sort of going over to the nine to five or anything like that. It's, um, that's all been informed by just like our dedication to, to living creatively. Um, so I feel like just just the, the choosing of art has just rippled out through our whole lives. That's that's where we move from and sort of at the core of, of how we live. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. You know, I noticed that with um, a lot of your earlier pieces, um, dealing with primarily with women, um, strong women, you know, women that, you know, um, various like tribal you know maybe even aboriginal like you have these women who um when we talked about before about having you know communicating right and so these women that you um that you paint they are literally coming off of the canvas like you can see them they're piercing as you, like in these examples here mm -hmm. like very intense very emotional um where 
where do these who are these women? Where do they mm -hmm. come from? Are they from live models? Are they from your imagination? Like what what is your reference? Um all of the above, really. There some of these women are friends, some are models I've found, some are references I've found, some I make up. Um, I think really it's uh it's all about pulling that essence of mm -hmm. of woman for me. And there is a fierceness to that, there's a wildness to that. There's a softness to that. There's mm -hmm. there's sort of all these aspects and complexities of being a woman, and I think um, that's what uh, tries to come through in all these paintings. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just playing with that that sort of dichotomy of like strength and vulnerability is always mm -hmm. sort of there. That contrast, that push pull of that is is always there. Yeah. Let's, I mean, looking at these pictures now, let's talk about technique. Um, your style, how would you define your style, first and foremost? Um, you know, I, I think what I'm striving for, and I still am always reaching for it, is I'm not even sure if this is an actual style at this point, mm -hmm. but uh, there's a book called Disrupted Realism. And I, mm -hmm. I really, when I, when that came out, I was like, yes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm wanting. So it's, it's sort of this mixture of realism, abstraction, and, um, and sort of the play between those two, you know, some areas I like to have really focused and then a lot of other areas I want loose and, mm -hmm. and abstract and more um, gestural or, um, and I've always really loved the play of, of contrast and texture. And, um, so it, and it's funny cause I, I always, we were talking earlier about how do you know when to stop, especially with my figurative work, I actually often like it more before I finish it, but I end up working on it more. And then I'm like, oh, I should have stopped back then. Um, because it's a little more disrupted earlier on. And yeah. I tend to overwork it, uh, or not overwork it, but just continue to make it realistic, where yeah. I feel like it could have been effective even earlier on, not as realistic. So it's it's something I'm always working on, um, um, just trying to loosen that up and, and be a little more abstract with the realism part. Um, yeah, because yeah. like, for instance, with the, the figure on the right, for those of you that are watching this, you know, I love the texture that you use. It almost looks like, I don't know, I'm assuming you're painting on canvas, but it almost gives it like a wood texture, mm -hmm. you know, like the thickness of the paint, the blockness, you know, how you, you know, the strokes of the brush, mm -hmm. like all of it is very textural, but yet you're able to see like her, her eyes, like piercing, you know, is looking through you, you feel her emotion. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful work. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, real quick, we're going to pause for a second uh, so we okay. can pay some bills. Shout out to <laughs> our sponsor, Words, Beats and Life. Yes, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to talk a little bit more about them in a second. So everyone hold tight. We'll be back with more Opie Snow. All right. My name is Kalia and I teach the DJ course here at Words, Beats and Life. Well, I started DJing around 19, 20 years old. It actually helped me um, with my social skills. I, I felt like it was way easier for me to make friends. I also was able to learn from different cultures 
while DJing. I enjoyed teaching people the difference between uh, house music and drum and bass. What I hope people get out of DJing is uh, a sense of confidence. I would say for myself personally, as I started getting out there on my own, I built up a little confidence in myself and I learned how to have fun a lot more and also project myself without actually saying anything. That's why I'm with Words, Beats, and Life. Enroll in the DJ class today at wblinc.org slash academy. All right. Shout out once again to Words, Beats, and Life. Um, if you're not familiar with the organization, be sure to check them out. They're doing great work in the community. Uh, they're a hip-hop education organization that outside of the DJ courses, they also offer classes in music production, uh, floral art, um, mural art, and just a wide variety of things. Photography, African dance, you name it. Uh, so shout out to Words, Beats, and Life, and thanks again for sponsoring um, our show, Artistry. We're eternally grateful. And shout out to all of the listeners and folks viewing us online. So right now, we're going to go ahead and bring back um, our guest for the evening, evening Miss Opie Snow. Hold on, just making sure things are flowing smoothly. Shazam. There <laughs> we go. And we're Hello. back. Yeah. So we're going to transition a bit. We're going to talk about the business side of the arts, right? So as a full-time artist, what have been some of your advantages as well as some disadvantages that, you, that you've experienced throughout your career? Mm-hmm. Um... I think I'll start off with disadvantages, uh, or sorry, advantages. Um, I feel like I spoke about my parents earlier and that, that sort of mm -hmm. building a sense of resourcefulness mm -hmm. and sort of instilling the creativeness in my life. I feel like that has really helped me to, um, I've, I've had several different creative businesses throughout my life where I'm, they're all, they've always been, you know, I'm the boss. Uh, it's my business, not working for someone else. And um, I feel like having that resourcefulness has given me like the courage, the trust, to, and and also just the determination to figure out, you know, one, believe I can do it, but then two, figure out, okay, this is my goal. How how do I go about it? And uh, and just really really pushing through and going through all the steps to make it happen. Um, so I feel like just that sense of like resourcefulness and belief mm -hmm. um, has just been a huge advantage because I've just uh, I've tried several things and do it as long as it works for me. And then if I'm like, you know what, this is not working anymore, you know, try the next thing. But I've always done it in a creative realm so mm -hmm. that I feel like um, that I'm feeding that part of, of who I am and who I want to be. Um, let's see. Disadvantages. Or yeah, lessons learned. Lessons learned. I was going to say, I'm trying to think. I, I, I always try and just look at it all from like, okay, just tackle it and, you know, what's the, the positive aspect of this. But um, lessons learned for sure is, again, that, that sense of trust and, and belief um, mm -hmm. is huge. You know, when I met Micah, he was, he was working at Polo. Um, and, and him seeing sort of me being able to basically just create my own artistic life really gave him the belief and the trust that he could do it. And it was so much easier for him to then go do that. And I yeah. feel like if more artists saw other artists doing that, there's there's all these, you know, 
stereotypes of the starving artist or you can't mm -hmm. make it or it's not possible and it's it is possible um it may not look or feel as secure as other jobs but but it's possible so yeah. so that's huge the belief and the trust um and and other lessons learned just um i would say being open to have like a diverse income stream within mm -hmm. your creativity um you know i worked i did faux finishing i did website and graphic design for a long time uh all alongside my art but it was it was nice to have several things going on so that mm -hmm. you know if painting sales are slow i have i can do a website or graphic mm -hmm. design or, or something like that so i think having some people choose you know to to teach alongside with it so having some outlets until you get to the point where um where you really feel like you, just your art can can hold you, um, right. I think is is good. It can make you feel more comfortable in those that decision to really go for the creative life. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I love what you said, and I think um, you know, just kind of going back to what you were talking about with like. Um, pursuing a career in the arts a lot of times full-time doesn't always feel so secure yeah. and I oftentimes have conversations with people about the false sense of security in working for someone else's co a company mm -hmm. um, you know because sometimes it feels a bit more secure than it actually is mm -hmm. right yeah um, because you know you're only you you really only know so much of what's happening behind when you're the uh, yeah behind the scenes yeah. when you're not present depending on what your status in that company is yeah so, yeah you um, can feel like that um that steady paycheck is secure but really you could be let go at any time so there there is yeah. security in building your own business and being your own boss and sure. uh, just knowing that you at least have control yeah, over all those yeah, and having those direct relationships, I'm sure, with like uh, clients, uh, customers, all of mm -hmm. that stuff. Uh, you know, the the lack of a, a middleman in every situation. You know. Yep, totally. Uh, allows you to, yeah, definitely allows you to have a little bit more control. Um, you know, so I'm I'm always interested to know when I when I talk to people who are, um, you know, uh, we we have something in common in that we're we're both uh um graphic designers as well mm -hmm. and so i'm always curious to know like talk about like early experiences right like what was like your first freelance job experience um yeah what were like some of the hard lessons from that um oh man you know it's so funny in the beginning i just sort of dove in because i needed a website um mm -hmm. and um i wasn't liking what i was seeing and um so I just sort of dove in and learned how to do mine. And I was like, oh, I can do this. So I didn't have formal training, but um, but I just kept putting myself out there and mm -hmm. saying, this is what I do. And every, every time I got a new client, it was more experience. And yeah. um, I was very fortunate. And I think this is something good to look for if you are diving into to something either without the degree or that is, I, I found different mentors along the way who are willing to help with different aspects of of that um so so i i feel like i was a bit of a disadvantage just because i didn't necessarily go to school for some of these things i mean mm -hmm. i i did go to school for painting but very different than a graphics design uh degree um so i was at a dis disadvantage but i think not letting that hinder me 
was mm -hmm. was my advantage was just like okay i can do this <laughs> i'm gonna figure yeah. it out and find some people to help me out and um and i and i did along the way you know trade skills yeah. with people help them with mm -hmm. something have them teach you something i mean in these days it's there's just there's so many courses and, and ways out there to learn if mm -hmm. you want to learn something but not actually go um to get the degree in it so right. uh, and a lot of it was just you know like so much with art just do the work <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and the more work i did the more connections i made and i just really built a business um off of off of consistently producing work so and i think that you know that's a perfect segue because the next question is you know what advice do you have for up-and-coming artists mm. and so mm -hmm. i think you know you've already said it which is pretty much to just continue doing what you're doing, you know, to continue pr to producing. Yeah. And eventually people, you know, the right people will see it and then, you know, inquire and want their own copy mm -hmm. and, and go from there. But yeah. do you have any other advice for um, someone that's just starting out? Yeah, I mean, obviously making, creating a lot is so key to find yourself yeah. and find your voice and, um, uh, and just to have, you know, the work to get out there. Um, uh, I would say again, you know, whether you're doing several different types of creative or creative um, outlets, you know, web design, art, teaching, all those things, or if you're just really in one, if you want to just just do fine art, still find mm -hmm. ways to like diversify. So, um, you know, there are there are the few artists out there who just are just big name artists they have their representation they just do their art but it's okay and there's a lot of artists that do a lot of different things within their art maybe mm -hmm. it's originals maybe it's prints you know there's so many print on demand options now mm -hmm. um there's digital products there you know there's so many ways to create and sell your art that um really look into and try and find many avenues to yeah. to get you know and you can take one original piece of artwork and find lots of avenues for that one piece. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, just don't, don't limit yourself in thinking that it's just one thing, one way that there's lots of ways to go about it, especially in this day and age with social media and mm -hmm. everything we have access to right now. Um, we're not beholden to galleries like we used to be. Um, mm -hmm. There's just, there's a ton of artists who completely make a great living just off of social media, you know, yeah. so mm -hmm. there's so many ways to do it. Um, but I think having a game plan is good deciding like, okay, what are the avenues I want to pursue? How do we, you know, what do I want to learn finding the ways to learn it and, and going for it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know. For sure. Um, one thing I just wanted to add to, um, you know, because you you talked about like multiple uh, revenue streams. Um, a challenge. I, I, I do this with my students all the time and then, you know, just uh, some of our clients. But um, just to always think of like multiple ways to monetize the thing. So like treat it almost like an exercise for every new thing you create. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it? I think it was Dame Dash, uh, my, my homie, uh, Natural, a good friend of ours, a former guest of the show. Um, he said that he was sitting with Dame Dash and Dame Dash hit him with the, the gym, you know, uh, come up with seven different ways to monetize every great idea that you have, you know, oh, he's wow. not the, yeah. And yeah. he's not the first to say it, but that, mm -hmm. that's a great exercise. I think for anyone, um, you know, no matter what business you're in, 
um, just thinking of like the various ways, like treating it as an exercise. You create the thing. Okay, the thing is created. Now how? Now how can I, how can I expand on this? Take this one thing and kind of just really uh, blow it out and take it as far as it can go. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that gem. That's a good one. <laughs> and that'll, that's like, ex, you know, that'll just keep expanding because once you figure out yeah. how you can do that with one piece, then you can keep doing that with all your pieces. So yeah, 100%. that's a really good. Absolutely. Yeah, to exhaust it basically, exhaust that one thing, that Mm -hmm. one idea. Yeah, because that's what a lot of major companies do anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they see your work, they they make an offer, right? They they want to buy or license your work, and Mm -hmm. then they ultimately it literally says in the contract that that license that you're giving them allows them to exploit the work. So and and you know and that's a word that is like a little icky, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're a little uncomfortable with yeah. like anyone exploiting anything of ours. Um, so you know, I just encourage folks like get good at exploiting yourself, yeah. <laughs> right? For all the right reasons, right? Yes, yes, and yeah, and under your yeah. control. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. That yes. part, that yeah. part. Because when we think of like patterns, whether you're you know you do a painting, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the painting. Then you can make it into a print. Then if you want to, on the commercial side, you could have that same print on mugs, on, mm-hmm. you know, furniture. on furniture, on notepads, mm-hmm. et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're doing it. You might as well do it yourself. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, and you yeah. can always just license it out, too, and just make the art exactly. and let them do the work. You know, there's so Ex- many routes to go, yeah, you know. For sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Do you, I know you mentioned, um, uh print on demand do you have a a a favorite uh print on demand um or like a few that you use you know we're we're we've been trying out a few we've tried printful we've had some success Mm -hmm. with that um i was gonna try out gelato i don't know if you guys have heard Mm -hmm. of that one i think it's a little Mm -hmm. bit of a newer one um Mm -hmm. and there's actually one we really liked in the uk um because they do print on demand all over the um i'm forgetting the name of right now they do print on demand all over the whole garment a lot of print on demand has like specific regions but they do all over prints which is really exciting to me because i would like to create pieces that it's you know just it's not like a square like i want it Mm -hmm. fully integrated into whatever the piece is um so that's exciting um and we've tried them and they they do and of course i'm forgetting the name right now um Mm I'll get, I'll get yeah. back to you guys. I'm forgetting but. the name as well. I think Micah shared that with yeah, me. Yeah, he tried it. Um, mm-hmm. oh, it's at the tip of my tongue. I'm not remembering it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. So w- before we wrap up, um, we have a, one more question, and then we're going to go into the fun stuff. We're going to go into our rapid-fire questions. <laughs> but what do you have? What's What do you have in the works right now what's next for you mm-hmm. yeah well continuing these abstracts which are really exciting to me um i also have a, a series i'm beginning which is and again a little more furthering of that that mix of the the realism and the abstract together mm-hmm. so um having it much more abstracted but little moments of those intensity or touch points whether it's just the eyes or just the hands so so sort of working in the, my two separate kinds of, of art into, into one series. Um, and then just really, you know, like I was talking earlier about um, just the business aspect of it, getting all, I've done that with several other business, but I don't feel like I've taken it as full with my, my art business. So that's mm-hmm. like the next 
the next goal and next exciting thing is to really take that to its fullest. Um, so yeah, doing the courses and learning and, and getting resourceful again and, and figuring it out. So I'm excited for, okay. for all of that. Yeah, we're excited for all of it. Yes, <laughs> no, definitely. And again, for those of you that are just joining us or have been watching, definitely please be sure to follow Opie Snow mm -hmm. um, at the bottom ticker here. Mm -hmm. um, also via her website, she does have her products. Um, she does have a store as well, mm -hmm. right? That OpieSnow.com. Yes, yep, so be yep. sure to check her out. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to transition to the fun stuff. All this is fun, actually. All of this, I just want to be clear. All of this is fun, but we, you know, we just have some. So we just have four questions, some rapid fire questions that we want to, you know, ask you. So Stan and I are foodies, so we love food mm -hmm. of all kinds and from all places. And with you being from, you know, being bicoastal, right? Mm -hmm. So both being in Oregon and in New York, we wanted to know. If you had to choose between Marionberry pie or a cannoli, what are oh, you I going got, with? I, I got to do the Marionberry pie just because <laughs> that's like childhood memories, picking berries, making the pie, the, you know, Absolutely. the whole experience coming hot out of the oven. So. Oh, I gotta go that with sounds that one. so good. So for those of you that don't know, Marion Marion Berry is actually uh, that's native to Oregon. And so, yeah, so if you haven't heard of it, neither did we. Guess what? Yeah. So yeah. next time we go to I, Oregon. Listen, I, I was thinking of, you know, the uh, the brother who's former mayor of D.C. I, was like, I didn't know. Marion Barry. Yeah, I didn't know he had a pie. You know, it was educational for me. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so and, of course, this, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so for this next one, all right, uh, we got, uh, you got to choose between Vivian Westwood or Alexander McQueen. Oh, they're both so good. Um, yeah. I am going to go with Alexander McQueen because he okay. was a huge influence on a lot of the fashion and art <clears throat> that we created during my Burning Man years. So, yeah, um, nice. yeah he's a huge inspiration. Awesome. awesome. Speaking of Burning Man. Speaking of Burning Man. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, so Burning Man is a, is a festival that's been going on for is it third it's been years they've been it's around been a for long time i mean i went <clears throat> yeah it's been maybe 30 years i should know yeah, that but i don't but they've i haven't been, been for seven and i went for 15 before that and i was not one of the first people there so it's, it's been right. going for a long time yeah so for those that you know if you don't know about burning man <clears throat> definitely look it up but if you had to choose because you're an artist and you're sensitive mm -hmm. about your shit um <laughs> if you had to choose between burning man or art basil or basil uh -huh. where, who, where are you going where are you going oh that that's a hard one because burning man was like my life for years yeah. but and i haven't been to basil so i, I actually I thought I'd go Burning Man, but I think I'm going to look to the future and go for okay. Art Basel because I want, okay. I've been to Burning Man. I love it, but I've done that. So let's, let's go to Art Basel. Okay. All yeah. right. We respect that. No judgment over here. <laughs> All, right. All right. And for the last one, um, here we go. And I might butcher the last name. So Shell, help I'll, me I'll out. I'll help and, you with that right. one. <laughs> I, how about I say the first name? Yes. I know how to say that one. If, there right. we go. if you had to choose between these two, right. okay. Frida Kahlo or, or Marina Abramovic, 
See? Yes. That's <laughs> that was that was good. Um, well, I did see Marina when she was at the MoMA doing the famous staring yes, stare thing. That was really powerful. But I, I, I got to go with Frida just because she's been mm. much more influential in, in my life and in my art. And mm. so I'm going to go with Frida on that one. Okay. We yeah. We respect. Yeah, and this is and this is what I love about the rapid fire questions because it's mm -hmm. like you know we do a deep dive. We do our homework here on the yeah. artistry. Mm -hmm. and I'm glad you didn't sure. ask me about people I didn't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you you did do your homework. <laughs> we try to do our homework here. But, you know we try to be very well prepared. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. So that you know we're very representative of um, what our guests would yeah, want what, and do, and what your journey has been. Yeah. 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 And so on that note, my dear, thank you mm -hmm. so, so much for being here with us and sharing mm -hmm. with us, you know, some insights to your career and what has been working for you and mm -hmm. what has been challenging. And I think that's something that'll be very instrumental for our guests and for our mm -hmm. viewers to see, you know, because it's like, yes, I mean, art like any industry can has its challenges but the rewards you know of yes. doing it on your own terms yeah is unmatched so yeah. i thank you so much for spending the time away from your family for an hour with us just yes. so that we can share you know sharing your knowledge with us so i appreciate you and thank you so much yeah, thank for sure. you yeah thank yeah. you for having me it's uh it's been wonderful to speak with you too and thank you for doing this for for people to to learn and grow, and I'm excited to go listen to a bunch of other art artistries. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. more yes. podcasts. Sure. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you thank so you much too. again for being here, and thank you to our audience again. If you like what you mm. heard or saw, please be sure to like and subscribe mm -hmm. for more. You know, we are just gearing up for the end of season four. We will be back with season five with even mm -hmm. more art. So, thank you all so much for being here with us. All right. Mr. Robinson? Yeah. Opie, take care. We're going to go ahead yes. and get ready to close out the show, pay some, pay some bills on our way out. All, All right. right. It was great seeing you, sis. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Be well. You too, hon. All right, family. So we're going to get ready to wrap up. Thank you so much to our um, our guest, Opie Snow. We'll clap it up. For yes, yep. Um, but yeah, real quick before you go, definitely wanted to let you know about some things um, going on. One thing in particular. So, you know, outside of this amazing show, which we have a lot of fun doing, when I'm not doing this with my amazing partner in crime, I'll be doing the rapidy raps. You know rapidy what I'm saying? Rap, rap. You know, I do a little something, you know? And so I uh, just wanted to let you all know that I have an album that is out right now called Adultish. You can check that out on all streaming platforms. Uh, be sure to give it a spin wherever you stream your music or download your music if you still do that. And physical copies are also available exclusively on Bandcamp. But, uh, but yeah. Wanted to give you a heads up on that. Once again, shout out to Words, Beats, and Life. Be sure to check them out at their website, uh, wblinc.org. Lots of great events happening in yes. August that you should check out from Words, Beats, and Life. And um, if you are a young person listening to this age 22 all the way down, I think the third grade. So like, what's that? What's that about? That's a eight or nine. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So if you're in those age groups and you're listening to our show, first of all, you're you're definitely <laughs> clap it up to you. Right, clap it up for you. <laughs> you're you're different. <laughs> you know, but definitely um, check out their program. 
they have an amazing academy that um, offers amazing programming. And uh, yeah, man, once again, shout out the words, beats, and life. But on that note, we're going to get out of here. Y'all take care. See you next time. All right. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.